Well, well, well. It says when you're the coach and you got a crackpot, a schoolball playing for you, and you take the weight because nobody seems to be able to control Kyrie Irving. So Steve Nash, everybody's nice guy. Everybody says when he was playing in the NBA, by the way, one of the greatest point guards in the history of the NBA. Here's a shorty, short white guy from Vancouver, British Columbia, who could compete with the brothers, who could drive to the hoop, take a beat down, and still pass it off at the last second. He was great. He was uh, ambidextrous also, I might add. Good with his left hand, good with his right, which a lot of guards are not necessarily good at because they're only good with them. But anyway, people would say, you know, he's like having a coach on the hardwood. Now, when's the last time that happened? Well, Dave DeBuscher, that's right, the great Dave DeBuscher, the New York Knicks, also pitched for the Detroit, uh, Detroit, no, the Chicago White Sox coming out of the bullpen. But he was the coach player for the Detroit Pistons before he came to the Knicks. Likewise, Bill Russell, he was the coach player for the, ball to, for the Boston Celtics. Steve Nash could have done that for the teams that he played with, but everybody said this guy knows basketball. Comes over to the Brooklyn Nets, he's dealing with egos galore. Remember, at one point he had three, down at two. Still got the two, but he's got the one school ball, and he's got that red Chinese owner there who, like, spends mad money. So this year, attendance is down. They raised the prices. And then Kyrie Irving, what did he do? He linked to an anti-Semitic film that promotes what Kanye West, a.k.a. Yeezy and Yee has said, and before that, <laughs> what I call, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the whitest black guy I've ever seen on television. That's right, he's now the host of... Uh, the mass singer. But the point being is, he links to this website, which is all the schoolballs of the black Hebrew Israelites, talking about how they're the real Jews, Ashkenazi, Sephardic, are not really Jews, and that they're fake Jews, and that black people are real Jews, and that white people are devils. Why the hell did he do that? So in the game, you have a bunch of Orthodox Jews who have, in effect, anti-Semitism on their shirts. Kyrie Irving is playing, had a very good game at the Barclays Center. He looks at these guys. He seems to exchange some pleasant words, but won't go to a press conference after, based on the press conference he had previously had in which he got it on with ESPN. So who suffers for all of this? Steve Nash. In fact, he was asked, well, what do you make of Kyrie Irving? He goes, to be honest with you, they don't have me in the mix on that. That should have been the first sign that Steve Nash would be on the outside looking at. Look, Brooklyn Nets are never going to get this straightened out until they get rid of Kyrie Irving, who's a nut job, a screwball, and a flake. Remember the whole vaccine thing. Then he joined the Flat Earth Society with Shaquille O'Neal. And now he's on that anti-Semitism thing, although he hasn't gone the whole nine yards like Kanye West, a.k.a. Yee Man, I thought this guy was a bright guy. He went to St. Patrick's High School and Elizabeth, Duke University. But boy, boy, all the furniture is upstairs rearranging his wrong rooms. Sorry, a nice guy like Steve Nash has to become collateral damage as a result of this. Ah, what a battle here.
Elon Musk, you know, ever since you uh, finally bought Twitter for $44 billion, boy, that's going to be the biggest mistake in your life. You've had everybody come out of the woodwork gunning for you. The one guy you really don't want gunning for you is Stephen King. He's written the books. He's done the film scores. He's done the films. This guy, if he has it your way, if you don't correct yourself here, you'll end up in his pet cemetery. Remember that? You know how you get buried in the pet cemetery? Woo! Do, 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 do. So Elon Musk bought Twitter, which has never made money. And now right away he's got to cut, cut, cut the personnel in half in order to just stay afloat. And he's thinking of ways of developing revenue. So if all of a sudden you got that blue tag that makes you somebody special with Twitter, I don't even know if I'm one of them. Anyway, you're going to have to pay a $20 fee a month. What's that? $240 a year. Nothing for a guy like Stephen King, right? But Stephen King is saying, we're not paying for it. I'm not going to pay for that special status. And so far, there are rumblings everywhere else. I'm not going to pay for that status. I'm not going to pay for that status. This is just like when they used to put the newspaper up on the web for free. Then they want you to pay for the newspaper or pay for the website, and they saw people weren't going to pay for it. It's very similar to radio. When all of a sudden you had the king of all uh, media, Howard Stern, go to Sirius, Way less people were listening to Howard Stern now, right? As much as they were all fans when he was on commercial radio, so many more have said, nah, I'm not paying the fee every month to listen to Howard Stern. So likewise, Elon Musk is saying, well, you got to pay $20 to have preferred status with a little blue check. Stephen King is saying, ain't no way. Once she gives something away for free, nobody's going to pay for it. So you would have thought, I'm beginning to think Elon Musk, although he's the richest man in the world, is not the brightest guy around, man. I mean, (laughs) he's doing stuff here that would suggest he's a bit of a screwball himself. But this is like $20 for preferred status. All your prime customers are saying, I ain't paying nothing. It's all based on advertising. Advertising, advertisers are bailing out. We're facing a recession. You just sunk $44 billion dollars into something that may actually dissolve and you're like grabbing for anything. So Elon Musk, I don't feel sorry for you. You are like a billionaire, 10 times over. You got Tesla whose stock is plummeting. You got your rocket company, you got other companies. But you know something? Why not just acknowledge this was the biggest mistake of your life, $44 billion for Twitter, caught your losses now, and give it to some other schlub out there who wants to lose their billion of dollars, either that or face the wrath of Stephen King, and you too could end up in the pet cemetery. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yesterday was Halloween, and you know something? It's my wife's favorite holiday. All throughout the year, if you ask my wife, Nancy, what's your ultimate favorite holiday? It's not Christmas. It's not New Year's. It's not Easter. It's not her birthday. It's not July 4th. It's giving candy out to kids on Halloween. It, like, makes her day. So a few days before, she went. She bought all the best candy. She bought 
M&M's, right? In the bag, good. She bought the Snickers bars the kids love. Reese's uh, peanut cups, peanut butter cups, they love that. And naturally, they love this the most now, Kit Kats. She bought bags full. And what happened was that it was thought that at first there'd be rain on Halloween night. There wasn't. So she opened all the windows. All of our 18 cats were out on the windowsills. There were iron bars because we're on the first floor. And she put out trays of the Kit Kats, trays of the Reese's peanut butter cups, trays of the M&Ms, all in their little baggies, and trays of the Snickers. And all the kids would stop. They would see the cats naturally first. And then they would see the candy and they would say to their mommy and daddy, oh, mommy and daddy, can we trick or treat at this house? Very easy to do. Nancy was waiting at the door, ready to give them their trick or treats. And mother and father, uh, grandparents would suddenly say, oh, wait a second, that's where that guy Curtis Lee lives. No, 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 he's supporting Lee Zeldin now. We're not taking no candy from him. Now, last year I was running for mayor. I was a Republican running for mayor against Eric Adams. They didn't prevent their kids from coming to the door, even though almost nobody from the liberal progressive DSA Upper West Side voted for me. The kids lined up. They wanted the good stuff, you know, not the candy corns that we used to get in the paper towel with the rubber man at the top, man. Let's just say that was from cheapskates. Or they give you an apple. And naturally, you tell your mom and dad, "Ah, I don't want the apple. Maybe there's a a razor blade in there. You never know, right? And there were no x-ray detectors back then, but you didn't want an apple on Halloween. They took my candy when I'm running for mayor as a Republican. Now, all of a sudden, it's such a heated race, neck and neck, between Zeldin, the Republican conservative, versus Hochul, who's the Democrat Working Families Party candidate, that they wouldn't take any of the candy, and they made my wife Nancy cry. And I bet you some of those yentas on the Upper West Side who really hate me, despise me, you know, the ones who get the Sunday New York Times and even argue over the letters to the editor, yeah, 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 those. We're probably saying, Nancy, do yourself a solid. Kick this guy to the curb. And next year, Halloween, we'll have our kids and grandkids come and get the Reese's peanut cu- buttercups, the M&M's plain, the Kit Kats. Oh, they can't get enough of the Kit Kats and the Snickers bars. Now, I wonder what my wife will do. I wonder if she'll say anything to me since this broke her heart. This is every celebrity's mistake. They get asked by whoever is the president at that time, whether it's Bush 43, Bush 41, Barack Obama. I don't think Joe Biden, I I don't think uh, he's in control of his mental faculties that he would even offer anybody to stay overnight in the Lincoln bedroom. Let me tell you the history of this. Rush Limbaugh, He's probably the greatest national radio broadcaster of all time, of all time. Used to be on the attack of what he called country club Republicans, which back in the late 80s was led by Bush 41, the ultimate country club Republican. The Connecticut Bushes went down to Texas. They became wildcatters, but they always had their blue blood roots. And they were always country club Republicans. So Rush was hammering away every day on WABC at the Bushes. 
at the traditional country club Republicans. And so Bush 41 very wisely invited Rush Limbaugh to the White House to break bread, to see what the problems were, because obviously he was the most effective and uh, listened to radio broadcaster back then, especially by Republicans and conservatives. So what Bush 41 adeptly did with his wife was offer Rush to stay that night in the Lincoln home. Rush should have said, thank you, but no thank you. He stayed the night in the Lincoln Room. And then it's almost like abracadabra, abracadabra. He suddenly saw no wrong in Bush 41. This happens all the time. So now we see Bono of U2, right? And we know, hey, man, this guy is a party-hardy guy. And he's telling a tale that when Barack Obama was president, he got drunk as a skunk. I'm sure Barack was encouraging him. As you know, Barack Obama, the president, in his memoir said that he was trying to be a Howley in Oahu in Hawaii where he grew up. Remember, he didn't grow up in Kenya or Indonesia. It was Hawaii. That he'd be smoking Maui Waui Hindu Kush like the other Howleys, the white boys in Hawaii. And when he went to Columbia University, for the beginning of his college education, he had an apartment there near Morningside Heights. And he said, man, he'd be smoking marijuana every day. So you know. Yo, dog, what's up? You want to light a blunt? No doubt with Michelle, because Michelle was like pissed off at the president. Every time he'd take out the Marlboro Reds, the whole man, she hated that. That's why he would go golfing. He could smoke in the golf course, go into the country club afterwards, clean up, put a little put a little toilet water on, you know, Old Spice or Old Karate, and she wouldn't smell the cigarettes because then she put the 24-inch pythons around its throat. But in this case, you know damn well Barack Obama wanted to keep Bono and you two close to him because he had all the celebrities. He had all the Trendoids, Freakazoids, Jet Setters. So he probably knocked back a few Jamesons. They probably smoked a, a blunt. Bono went to the Lincoln bedroom, and man, he became like fixated with Barack Obama. Same way Rush became fixated with Bush 41. Rules of the road, never befriend the ones that you might have to criticize, never take an invitation to the White House, and never spend the night in the Lincoln bedroom, because then the president and his staff would have effectively wine-dined and pocket-lined you in perpetuity.